Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. It's that all-important time once again. Oh, yeah, it's time for Rock and Roll. It's time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. Chris Sinzak couldn't be here with us this week. Uh, I'm right here. And, you know, because he's out in California. No. And he couldn't be here with us this week, so I had to go out and find us a new host. And, you know, first I looked high, and I looked low, and I looked here, and I looked there, and I thought, who could possibly be the guy to host with us this week. Speaking and, of high, what, what are you and, on? I'm right here. The loose cannon from, from Crowbars and Fire, he couldn't make it to Nashville. That's so I, I had to find somebody. Hello? I found somebody that's going to be a really awesome co-host this week, and it's Ian Wadley from the Hard Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Oh, yeah. How's it going? Awesome, man. I'm so glad you could be here with us this week because Chris couldn't be here because he's out on vacation in California. Ian, good to talk to you. Aaron, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, it's nice uh, you know, to give you some real talent to work with. I, I think it's really going to improve the show. <laughs> That's not really cool. I bet you we're going to get a whole bunch of really awesome iTunes reviews off of this. No, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a nice thing to say on my show, man. What are you oh, I, I think we're getting feedback. Yeah, there's. What, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in California. I'm not in California. Technically, you're in California. You're talking about when this show drops, right? See, now he's talking to me. So you're not even here, though. No, I am here. But you're here. But you're in California. <laughs> Maybe I cloned myself. Can we just pretend he's not here? I really want the ratings. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a numbers whore. Okay. There's a reason that uh, we're doing all that shit. We're not, there's no business this week because this was recorded a few days before I hopped on a plane for California. See, you are in California. When you're hearing this, yes, I'm in California. See, it all makes sense now. So, Chris, we couldn't get the, <laughs> get the, the numbers together. We couldn't get the Geeks of the Week together. We don't have Amazon or nothing. So, I think 
to kick off to get you out of here on your vacation that you so richly deserve. You know, you've been Thank working you. for five years nonstop on Decibel Geek, and I hear you have another job too on top of that. Yeah, I go to this place for a few hours every day. You know. And so you deserve a vacation. <laughs> So today I want you to just kick back and take it easy because I got a new co-host this week. It's Hi-yo. Ian Wadley. Here he is. Hello. <laughs> oh boy. You know this guy, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. He's a big he's a big Bon Jovi fan from what I got. Oh yeah. Yeah, the biggest. Yeah, I tried to get the loose cannon. He couldn't make it to Nashville. I tried to contact Vinnie Vincent Realty and nobody answered. So <laughs> So here's Ian. This is it's I mean, the next closest thing to having Vinnie Vincent himself, right? Right, in, in my own natural voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> he actually gets to make an appearance as himself this time. I think I like the other voice better. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank your listeners. I, I actually got some, some positive feedback uh, from that. You know, I was a little nervous. You know, it was a controversial episode. <laughs> but some of your fans that I don't, you know, because we got a lot of crossover fans. Yeah. But, but some of your fans that I don't know, I read some very nice comments and they were very nice to me, so I, I really appreciate so that. It, it for me. It, they were very forgiving, yeah. right? Uh, oh, yeah. It, it offset the negative ones that I did get. And there there was a few. And, uh, oh, my God, somebody left a uh, pink bag of flaming dog shit on my step and, and rung my doorbell. Uh, so I don't think they liked it. And uh, I learned a little lesson about putting your number on Facebook because I got a few <laughs> bad calls. Did you? <laughs> this one guy, this is the strangest one, kept leaving me fucking like these threatening messages. And it's some guy who, like, I guess his gig is he goes on podcasts and stuff and, and, and makes appearances impersonating uh, Ace Fraley. And he thought I was trying to, you know, like to steal his act and shit. <laughs> and I, I said, uh, look, Mr. Thayer, stop calling me. This shit's got to stop, okay? It's just a fucking podcast. I'm sorry. It was April Fool's. I knew it had to either be Tommy Thayer or Billy Hardaway, one of the two. <laughs> Everybody knows Billy Hardaway can't afford a phone. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't take long to get to Tommy Thayer, did it? Oh, man. Well, yeah, so it's cool to have you on, and um, we wanted to – use this uh new format that we've done just a couple of times now with you um, yeah and you you earned it on the the april fools episode and so today we're gonna do six songs shazam that ian wadley thinks you should hear damn straight and from what i've seen so far he's got some really good picks lined up for us today he's gonna tell us what these bands what these songs mean to him and we're gonna get in depth on some stuff you may have heard some stuff you may have not heard before but that's the beauty of the decibel geek podcast so well all right so let's just get into it ian what is your first song of your six songs that you picked uh the first song i picked is down on the street by the stooges off their uh 1970 funhouse album and uh, this was their second album. It really didn't do much at the time outside of the Detroit area. And I love the, the episode you guys did where, you know, like rock from Detroit and shit like that. It was real yeah. cool. And I was glad you guys played some Stooges because to mm-hmm. me, they're, you know, they're very important. They're one of those bands that, you know, initially didn't make the impact, but years later, you, you still feel it. And this title track, I mean, not title track, but the, this this first track on the album just really kicks you in the gut like, you know, from the first and second. And it, it just, it, it's powerful, you know, rock, you know, from below the belt. You know, there ain't nothing brain brain power up here, man. This is all rock from the hip. And uh, 
if you listen to this and then, you know, your head ain't bobbing a little bit and your hips ain't moving, uh, you got no pulse. Down on the beat with a You know, it's like you say about the Stooges, <clears throat> they may not have been really big for their time outside of that Detroit scene, but to realize the power of the Stooges is to look at how many bands the Stooges have influenced over the years, you know, and it's a wide variety. You know, you get everything from like R.E.M. and that type of stuff all the way to like Queens of the Stone Age and Caius and things like that, you know, so oh, yeah. the Stooges and are fucking awesome. You know, it- 
and Iggy just put out a brand new album that he did with Josh Homme. Yes. From Queens of the Stone Age. And it's amazing. I was glad, you know, I was listening to an episode uh, a few weeks ago. I saw you gave Rated uh, R some love. Yeah. Yes. And that's an amazing album. That yeah, was, it is. The first time I saw uh, Queens. I got, I, luckily, I got to see Caius open up for Faith No More. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. In uh, 92, I think it was Caius and Quicksand open up for Faith No More on the Angel Dust Tour. And that nice. was a really good show. I bet it but, was. Uh, you know, just to see that that artists that are still vital, you know, are, you know, look up to somebody like Iggy Pop, and uh, you know that he's still putting out quality music. I believe he's sixty eight years old and shows no sign of slowing down. I mean, he's going back to doing solo because everybody's dropping dead from the Stooges. Yeah, you know, but but true. he keeps going. You know, I wish he'd put his shirt on, but fuck, it. <laughs> he can still get away with it though. <laughs> yeah, 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 he can still get away. I mean, it, it looks like the cover of that book in The Evil Dead, but, I mean, <laughs> fuck it. He's fucking Iggy Pop, man. Right, so, yeah. Uh, I, I love it, and, uh, you know, if some of your listeners haven't heard this, I hope this inspires them to go check out some Stooges and some Iggy Pop. I think that song in particular, it's got, it's got like, real swagger. Like, there wasn't yeah. a lot of that in those days, so it, it was really revolutionary. And That's I, one of them songs. It's got a sexy groove yeah. to it, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I never would have gotten into them if it hadn't been for the Ramones. Like, I yeah. got into the Ramones through a documentary, and they were going on and on and on about how much they loved the Stooges, which, I, of course, I had heard you know some of raw power and you know the singles right and of course i knew who iggy was but i didn't really get into him but then i that uh fun so your first introdu- awesome. introduction to iggy and the stooges was, the was guns and roses spaghetti incident yeah i guess it would be yeah, yeah. see oh. there's a lot of bands like that those old kick-ass punk bands that nobody's ever heard of oh, that i, I was introduced yeah. to through that guns and roses album yeah boy i sure miss that gilby clark era yeah oh. me too man they were really kicking ass back then i love that stuff Oy. The Gilby Clark era. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking evil. Oh, boy. As, Let's as, song. as only heard talked about on the Decibel well, Geek podcast. Well, because so, these six songs all have a particular meaning, what what got you into Iggy and Stooges? Uh, I, I was just raised on it. My dad was a huge Iggy Pop fan. And, you know, since, you know, the late 70s, you know, since I first remember hearing music, uh, this was something my dad was always playing. I mean, there was always music in my house. And my, you know, my dad was like the hard rock guy and the classic rock guy, and my, and my mom was, you know, more into the pop music. But either way, there was always something playing in the Wadley household. Yeah, you, you right know, on. so we could never hear the cops knocking at the door. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> we're here for your children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't want me. Oh uh, man! But uh, I just, I was raised on it, and uh, you know, I. A lot of kids, you'll see, like, they'll turn away from what their parents listen to. I was never like that. I was like a sponge, you know? It's like, now, I didn't like everything, of course, but mm-hmm. I was never like, oh, that's my dad's music. You right. know, if, if, if it was good, man, I, I fucking loved it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I'm still that way. I still want to hear all kinds of different shit, you know? And some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. But I always try to keep an open mind and... You know, I want to be turned on to new shit, man. Music yeah. is the best drug in the world. You're right. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. You know, that's like me being a kid listening to my dad's Sabbath and Doors albums, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it formed who I am, you know, for him having those albums around, you know? And talking about the Doors, this Iggy Pop tune, it, the Stooges, it, it it does throw back and it shows what a fan of Jim Morrison Iggy Pop was. I think there's a lot of Doors influence in that song so it's cool how much the stooges have influenced but it's also cool to see where they came from too Mm -hmm. oh yeah so what do you got for song number two 
All right, song number two, man. Uh, probably my favorite band of all time. Uh, you know, it, it used to be Kiss until Psycho Circus. <laughs> and, <laughs> That'll uh, do it. I, yeah, I, I still love Kiss, but, you know, that's when I saw, like, okay, uh, maybe not everything is great. But the, the one band that I love, it, 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 well, I should say in one incarnation, is Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people that, you know, listen to our type of music, you know, you, you think of dark times for music. And, and it, it, a lot of people are like, oh, it's Nirvana. Man, when Nirvana came in, you know, they, they killed, you know, the music that I love. People, it started much earlier than that. It started in 1985. <laughs> Here we go. A very dark time when uh, Dave was no longer in the band, and uh, they signed up Samuel, Horatio, Kardashian, Hagar. <laughs> and uh, you might ask why I threw the Kardashian in there, because uh, Sammy Hagar did to Van Halen what the Kardashians did to Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Stole his balls and put him in a dress. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But man, uh, those that's were hard some to dark argue. Years. Those were some dark years, man. But uh, you know, we got through it and uh, a couple of failed attempts. But then Diamond Dave reclaimed what is his throne yeah. as lead singer of Van Halen, and they put out an album I think is criminally underrated, and that's a different kind of truth. Um, yeah, they made a mistake putting Tattoo as the first single, and I think that turned yeah, some people off for sure. Um, but I think I think it's a great album, and the track I picked off of this. I mean, just just the guitar work alone on this is enough to totally erase, you know, the whole Bette Midler era of Van Halen. You know, you could, like like it never happened. And the, the song I'm talking about is "Honey Baby Sweetie Doll," and it's just got this this swagger. And Dave's got like you know the, this you know like a you know like a, a spoken word type vibe he brings to it. Yeah. But the guitar work is just phenomenal. It's, you know, it starts out with some feedback. Uh, kind of almost throwback to like loss of control type shit. Yep. This song is so heavy. Uh, it it would have fit perfect on women and children first. Yep. I mean, it just has that like almost Romeo delight, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, everybody wants some vibe to it. And it's just like, wow, here's, here's my Van Halen again. Yeah. You know, this is just Eddie going ape shit. I mean, w- when you get those two together, uh, I, I know they probably still hate each other, but they just bring out something in each other. And, you know, it's like a Jagger and Richards. And, you know, they can do some good shit apart, more so Dave, in my opinion, than Eddie. But, man, you get those two together, and maybe it's the the, the toxic nature of the relationship. It just produces some of the greatest music I've ever heard in my life. One that I want, or I don't want one at all. Honey, baby, my heart's aflame. I'm all for you to blame. Honey, baby, sweetie girl, let me count the ways you rock my world. Stone's old sister, Saka Mom, which I'm Jamaica, cheery Baby lover, angel faces, sat down, straight up faces. I'm a bad little cowboy, I'll send me to your room. Let's get started. Let's not stop soon. I'm all like the ocean when the mood is full. I'm a face grenade when the sex can Baby lover, angel faces, sand dog, straight up faces. 
dig both and I don't care which. You're gonna make me crash, Florida trailer trash. That's the switch. show knows van halen but if you didn't give this album a chance go back and check it out and i hope honey baby sweetie doll is just enough to remind you what dave and eddie are capable of when they get back together and let's not forget uh the amazing drumming of alex van halen i think a total underrated member in van halen he is just amazing i i saw somebody on facebook the other day like oh he's so stock he's overrated oh listen to out of love again yeah Uh, van halen too and tell me this fucker's uh, overrated. No, he's you know? no. one of the greatest of all time, no doubt about it. And this song that you picked is really awesome because this, the, I mean, it's it's a Van Halen song through and through because Eddie just goes nuts on it, which is amazing, and I love it. But the song itself, it reminds me of a Dave song. You know, it's totally a Dave song. Like, this is something that could have been on, on the Diamond Dave album, except for, you know, the guitar playing's way, way better. But it's like a Dave song combined with an Eddie song with Alex in there killing it. It's it's a great tune all the way around. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's how you make Van Halen, kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I were, you know, and I was, I think like a lot of people was skeptical about what we were gonna get when it came out. You know, because because yeah. it was just like God. There's so much animosity that they're having to work through to make this record. And and, although, then, and then with uh, with Anthony being gone. <laughs> yeah, with that too. Wolfgang being in. It you just know, seemed it's real like, uncertain. Yeah, but then when it came out, it was like, holy oh, shit. Dude, it, was, it, it blew away my expectations. I I think I haven't played an album like on repeat as much since like back in the 80s as I did when this came yeah. out. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't stop listening to it. I must have listened to it on repeat literally. The only thing I listened to for a good solid two weeks when it came out. Yeah, and I know, Ian, I agree with you 100%. I know Chris does, too. We've talked about this before on the show. Tattoo was, like, the worst song you could have picked as the lead single. There were so many other tunes on there that would have been so much better. And that song's all right, but it's it's definitely not the best song on the album. No, no, not at all. I I, I like it now. Uh, It definitely had to grow on me. But if you go back, you know, a lot of these, you know, of course, came from older songs. Right. Right. You know, when they change the lyrics, uh, you know, that I think was it Down in Flames was the original Mm -hmm. uh, uh, something like that. But anyway, man, they should have left it the way it was. 
and they added keyboard. I think they were trying so hard to like, okay, we got to do a jump because that's yeah. where we left off. Yeah. You Recapture know? '84. Yeah, and I and I think they just overthought it way too much because yeah. the rest of the album uh, doesn't suffer that at all. No, nothing, no. nothing to me. Even though it's older material, it doesn't feel like they're trying to recapture. Where I really think that was a blatant like, hey, we got to do jump for you know the millennials. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the lyrics weren't as good as the old lyrics, and right. you know I'm the biggest Dave Nutswinger in the world, but you know I'll admit we, you know he fucks up here and there. Yeah. And the production is another thing. I do miss the Ted Templeman uh, production for Van Halen. Mm-hmm. The brown but, sound. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Can't argue but, uh, with it. You know, it's but better I don't than know. that Mike Post shit on Van ha- Van Halen three. Well, Ooh. yeah. I mean, but I'll give John Shanks credit. I mean, for somebody who's normally producing pop bands, he. He actually pulled off a really good record with those guys. I was, I was, yeah. I was happy with it. Of course, I thought they should have gone with Ted Templeman to get that. Also, where you've got, you know, or in this case, you would have Wolfie in one ear and Eddie in the other. It would have been. Yeah. I would have liked for them to go back to that A B production style, but nobody does it that way anymore. It would have been cool to hear though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the problem. I think when you get that long in the tooth, uh, it's a lot harder for people to tell you no than it was when you were in your twenties. Right. You, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, because there was a lot of, uh, you know, push and pull with him and Templeman mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. But, I mean, again, look at those results. But if you look at the producers they've worked with, you know, like in the 90s, you know, uh, Glenn Ballard that did, uh, you know, Jagged Little Pill for Linus Morissette did the tracks on, in 97 when they got with Dave. Yep. And I like and those, then, too. And then, you know, Van Halen 3 had Mike Post, who did just about every, you know, TV show in the 80s, yeah. you know, the same guy that did the music to L.A. Laws, producing Van Halen now, yeah. wow. it's, it's like, what the fuck, you know, and, and Jimmy Smith wasn't even there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and neither was a fucking front man. I was going to say, you would have yeah. rather had Jimmy Smith than Gary Sharon. <laughs> yeah, I would have, because Jimmy Smith dances like a man. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I heard Freddie Mercury saw footage from that tour and called him a fag. That oh. <laughs> That's what I heard. I read it on Facebook. You know, could be wrong. Could Classic be wrong. Ian Wadley. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Classing up the joint this week for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say, I saw that tour, and yeah, Gary was embarrassing, but the set list was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, of yeah. course it was. Yeah. You know, a lot of I mean, Dave stuff. Because it was all Dave songs. songs. Yeah. They Mean Street, Romeo Delight. Yeah. It was just like holy shit. You know, it was amazing to hear those. You, you know, you get so many people like. Oh, but I want to hear. Well, I'm sorry. There's like five people. Oh, I want to hear the Sammy songs. But you know, when Sammy was there, you didn't hear the fucking Dave shit. You might have heard one or two, and it was so horrible you wish you hadn't heard it. You know? I don't know, Ian. We've had this conversation before. Sammy is not as bad as you make him out to be. Oh yeah, no, he's worse. I'm too nice. <laughs> I, I'm nice to a fault. All right, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. All right, I'm but, definitely uh, not yeah, going to say I, that. I, I hope paid. some people who might have overlooked that album. Check this out, man. Remember what Van Halen was like back in the day? And this definitely tickles my funny bone like uh, all the classic shit does. Yeah, same here. I love it. So on to number three. All right, number three, Iron Maiden with Sea of Madness. Nice. And uh, this is off a 1986 Somewhere in Time album. This was my first Iron Maiden album. Mine too. And, uh, you you know, it's funny. uh, Ralph and I disagree on a lot, and I think a lot of that has to do with an age gap. Mm-hmm. And and where you come into a band, right? You know, because he was right there from the beginning with the Paul Diano stuff. So I could see where you know Iron Maiden bringing in guitar synths was was weird for him. And I remember seeing Iron Maiden 
uh, you know, just posters and T-shirts before I got into metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it kind of scared me. I mean, because I was listening to, like, Hall & Oates and Michael Jackson and shit. You know, that was my bag. That's and scary. I, you know, and I, well, I remember, like, playing, like, Sandlot, you know, you know, football. Mm-hmm. And, and these, these older kids came over. This, Yeah, it had to be about 84. They had a boombox. They had Animalize. And I was like, oh, God, that's that devil music shit. <laughs> wow. Oh, God, you know, devil worshipers. And, and even when I first got into uh, Hard Rock a few years later, like, uh, Asylum, Night songs; those were the two albums that cemented me in to listen album. to heavy metal, and I was taking a lot of shit. But I was trying to reassure everybody, like, "Hey, it's not like I'm listening to Iron Maiden or some shit, you know? I, I don't worship <laughs> Satan." Yeah, I remember that yeah. reputation they had. Oh, oh yeah. But I, on Headbangers Ball, I saw the video for "Stranger in a Strange Land." Oh, I love and that I, song. And I was just like, "Wow!" And I went out that day, uh, and I got. Uh, somewhere in time and wasp inside the electric circus. Nice. And, and the greatest thing I remember, uh, you, you know, if you remember cassettes from that time, oh, yeah. remember the, the fancy ones you get with the clear case where the booklet would actually wrap around the cassette. Yep. Yeah. And then, then you'd open it up and it, you know, the, especially the, the uh, uh, well, I think both the wasp and the, uh, and the, I know the iron maiden for sure, but man, I just remember unfolding it and all that artwork. Yeah. And it smelled good. Do you guys remember that yes, smell sometimes yes. you get from tape? <laughs> Hell yeah, oh, man. What the fuck was that? I don't know, but I love it. You it's know? like brand new toy on Christmas morning smell. Oh, Always. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I was sniffing that shit like it was rubber cement. You know? <laughs> and and it, you know, it got me in that perfect mood to listen to this music. And I fell in love with it, but I had no prejudice because I didn't know the other Iron Maiden. I would soon find out. But I listened to this album with with fresh ears, yep. and it just blew me away because it was it wasn't like what I've heard. You know, I heard of course before I even got into it. You know, I had Quiet Riot, Pyromania, because everybody had that, whether you listen to metal or not. Yeah. You know, that, that was almost like pop music. It sure. was pop music. And, and then as I got into uh, to metal, you know, of course it was more like you know the hair metal and, and the cock rock, but this was like heavy metal, and. It just blew me away, and I've been a lifelong Maiden fan ever since.
people either love or hate this album, but I believe it's your introduction to a band. Hell, my kid thinks Load and Reload are good Metallica albums because that's what he, you know, first heard on the radio. Oh, it's so you know, sad. Child abuse, Ian. Yeah, I know, but, you know, it's like, you know, I, I want to, like, just hit him with something. Like, <laughs> stop saying that shit. You know, there's no way you came from my loins. It's like but, I, you know, I hit him you know, 15 times with this Kill 'em All CD, you know? It just right. nothing seems to sink in. But, you know, I, I got to think back. It's like, hey, man, it's, it's what what you heard in your youth, when you heard it, and, you know, with fresh ears and no prejudice. And that's how totally. I was with this. And I think a lot of people, if you don't know Iron Maiden, I think this is a great place to start because it made me a lifelong Maiden fan. And everything just works on this. And I, it's very underrated. And Sea of Madness is, is a perfect track. And it's only five and a half minutes. Yeah. Try getting a fucking five and a half minute Iron Maiden song nowadays. Right. You know, the, the chances of that are like the, the chances of Billy Hardaway coming home from a family reunion and not getting laid. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh. The, the, the Iron Maiden stuff now, I mean, I'll still buy it, but it's like almost like long for no reason. Like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner yeah. is 14 minutes long and it deserves to be. Yeah. Right. You know, you listen to that goddamn Empire of the Cloud shit on the on the well, new one. It's like, come on. That one's over long, but I mean a lot of the songs on the new one I, I got into, I didn't mind the length too much. Yeah, but still there's a lot of man. I, I, I miss the days when you could get like a, a two minutes to midnight or an ace yeah. is high, man, and they just kicked your ass in four minutes. And you would always have that one epic yeah. and it was special because it was the epic. Yeah, you know, right. it was the you know, hollow be thy name. You know, it was to tame a land. You know, or Alexander the Great. You know, but it's yeah, a tune that shit. It's like Aerosmith, man. You know, you know, in the seventies, they'd have that one awesome ballad on the album. Yep, that was worth it. You know, now you got you know fucking half the albums of ballads. Not special anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't get me started on their last record, Jesus. Yeah, when you when you overdo something like that, it kind of takes away from it. Totally. Yeah, I, I mean, I. You know, hats off for, for producing new music, because I think that's very important mm -hmm. to, to, to keep trying, at least, whether you succeed or not. But uh, I, I miss days like this, and I hope that uh, that somebody on this show gets tuned on by, uh, turned on by uh, Sea of Madness, because I think it's a great track. Yeah, I think it uh, is. Yeah, we, I've played it on a previous episode, so yeah. I'm glad you oh. picked it, though, because, I, I mean, it's been a long time since I played it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I still have 55 episodes left to hear. So I might have missed that one. No, I, I was just one looking of the at 55. it today. Oh, really? Yeah, I have 55 episodes left that I have not heard of Decibel Geek. I heard all the other. That's like three quarters of your episodes I've already heard. So are you, are you going chronologically? Or are you going right down the line with it and just trying to catch up uh, little by little? Uh, initially, I, I skipped around a lot. Like, okay, this jumped out at me. That jumped out at me. Yeah. And 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 then when I became like a, you know, a, you know, an official solid fan, you know, now I listen to them. You know, as they come out, right. you know. Right on. So we're up to number four. All right. Number four is a band from San Francisco, California called Orchid. And, uh, man, I, I just found, I saw these guys uh, just on the computer, and I just like the description. You know, it said, said Doom Stoner Rock. And I, I like the name. I like the title of the album. I was like, well, let, you know, let me check it out see how it sounds. And it blew my fucking mind. Now, this band does get some criticism uh, for sounding too much like Black Sabbath, but, like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's, 
It's like we don't need another band that sounds like Corn. We need more bands that sound like fucking Black Sabbath. Right. And 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 good Black Sabbath. I mean, they took all the best elements. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the, the time signature in the songs, the the jazzy drumming, the the drumming on this is is amazing. Yes, the it guitar is. playing, the singer sounds like a young Ozzy. Lyrically, it's very. Uh, you know, just spooky seventies type. You know, it's not all, it's not all like you know, hail Satan or stuff. But it's you know, it's dark kind of Sabbath like shit, and it's it's just really cool, and it gives me hope because there's not too many bands that come out that I really give a shit about, and that makes me sad because you know, it's like who's gonna take the reins? Yeah, you know, you know, all the bands I love are dying off, or you know, stop touring, you know, all this shit. You know, where where's the new stuff to replace it? And even though this is a retro sound. Uh, uh, it's it just to me, it's done in a fresh way, and I, I think this could open up a whole new generation to that kind of classic roots heavy metal. And and today, I you know I just found out Aaron Camaro never heard of these guys. And Aaron, I, I hear you love the song, so man, mission accomplished. I turned Shit. somebody else on to working.
Hell yeah, man. This was the first time I ever got to hear it. I love it. You know, and you're right about the Sabbath elements to it, you know, and when I'm watching the video online, it's all these quotes coming up about this is the new Sabbath and Sabbath could never do it this good anymore and Sabbath this and Sabbath that. But, you know, yes, these guys do have that Sabbath flavor to it, but I, I don't think they should get as I don't think they should catch the hell they're catching for being too much like Sabbath. I think that's kind of being, you know, heaped upon them because they've got something that's it's it is very Sabbath influenced, but I definitely I hear some wasp in there too with some of the stuff that I've heard. And, you know, I think there's a there's more elements to it than just saying, "Hey, this is a Sabbath clone." There's more to it than that. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I I mean, I hadn't heard, when you sent us the list. I, I thought I hadn't heard it, and then I went back and listened, and I was like, I listened to it. I think a couple of years ago when we were doing. You're going to say I've played this one no, on the no, show. No. Also, I have not played <laughs> Orchid on the show, but I think I when I was researching for one of the Fresh Blood episodes, I think I heard it then. But yeah, it's it's really it's really unique. I know it sounds like Sabbath, but it's just uh, odd to have a newer band pull off that kind of a sound and successfully. Yeah, and. Uh, it's just got an atmosphere to it. It really and it's, does. It's kind of cool that all these people are throwing that this is the new Sabbath behind it. You know, that's it's speaking to them in a way that's powerful in the way that Sabbath was to the to the people back then when Sabbath was new. You know, so it's good that they're they're hitting people that same way. I'm just saying they're, they're these guys are not a Sabbath cover band. Oh, you know, no. and I and I hate to see them get promoted as such even though, you know, hey if you're getting compared to Sabbath, that's a good thing. You know, that's that's a damn good thing because you could be compared to something a whole hell of a lot worse the, than that. You could be the next Pretty Boy Floyd. Ooh. Hey, wait a minute. Are you are you questioning my my sound investments? I'm not saying a word. All right, we'll save that for VIP. But uh, um, yeah, no, I love it. I think it's fucking awesome. I can't wait to hear more of it. How many albums do these guys have out? Uh, they have, I believe. Three full-length albums, and they have uh, like three EPs, and and they're all solid, man. I, I, I mean, I, I'd sit here and tell you if if I thought there was one like stay away from that. There's nothing that I wouldn't recommend, and it's all got this great sound. And another thing I think is really important about these guys is the production. Yeah, because yeah. to me, I love that old sounding production. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the new stuff. It's just too clean, you know? It's like they record it, somebody sprayed some fucking pledge on it, wiped it down. No, no, I want some dirt on there. I want some grit. I mean, you still want good sound quality, but I just, to me, this sounds like you put on a record. Yeah, it sounds and, like and, it was yeah. you know, on the old you, equipment. You you think back to, you know, the classic metal albums from the, the 70s and the early 80s. Come to mid-80s, you lost that sound. Right. You know, everything got cleaner and more digital. And, uh, you know, you'll see all these bands like, oh, I'm using a 1962 amp on this. You know, it, well, it don't sound like it on the fucking record, pal. You know, it, it sounds like you're playing a guitar. You know, <laughs> I want to hear some grit. And these guys, man, whoever they got producing, they knew how to do it just right. Great band. It does. It's got that classic metal, kind of like a Sabbath, you know, master reality kind of production to it. I like it a lot. Hell yeah. It sounds like they pulled old equipment out and recorded the whole yeah. thing on old equipment. Yeah, it's like they went back in time, slipped into the studio right before Sabbath got there to record Master of Reality and recorded these albums. Yeah, no no Pro Tools. No, not a, there's no way. <laughs> no, this sounds like acetate. And you said they're from San Francisco? 
Yes, and I'm hoping uh, I made friends with uh, their drummer on Facebook and talked to him a little bit and told him I promoted him on on the po- on our podcast and I play him on my radio show and he was excited about that. So hopefully when I go out to San Francisco this fall. Uh, I can interview him, and that that would be amazing. So right on. So if that goes down, I expect you and Bill Wang to uh, recruit these guys to go on a search for Vinnie Vincent on video. Oh yes, after after many beers, we'll go looking for Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> Some of my favorite shit on the internet. Hats off to Bill Wang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we didn't. I thought for sure we were gonna get him when we were there, but uh, I think we found the Zodiac Killer. But uh, oh, he didn't really? want to be on video. <laughs> Maybe one in the same. And how is Ted Cruz? All right, let's get on to the next song. All right, what's the next song? Uh, The next one is another band that's retro, but uh, not quite the same. They incorporate a lot of different elements from Pink Floyd to Black Sabbath to the Beatles. And I'm talking about a band, Chris, I know you know. That's Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. I love this band. Oh, my Lord. Uh, a buddy of mine just texted me. He know he knows I get my hands on some shit. And he's like, man, see what you can find on Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. I'm like, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats? I'm like, the name's cool. What's this shit sound like? And I was blown away at first, though. Uh, you know, the vocals have a very low-fi uh, quality very. to them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, my speakers are fucked up. What happened? You know, and I'm trying to adjust it. I was like, no, man, that's just the way it is. But it was really cool. But this is something you to really appreciate, you should have some headphones on. Yes. You know, because there's a lot like when I'm at work and I'm listening to podcasts, I got like a little one of those little Bluetooth things in my ear. And that's not the way, you know, it's fine for listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But for music, man, there's so much shit going on with these guys. And uh, they're a young band from England and very uh, inspired by Hammer Horror films of the 60s. And just check out their videos and you can kind of see what these guys are into. A lot of concepts behind their album. Well, the last two were straight up concept albums. Mm -hmm. But the first two, you know, very much had an underlying theme. And, uh, you know, it's sex, drugs and, and, and the occult. And, uh, but, but, you know, in a campy, uh, without being a self parody, but like in a campy hammer horror movie vibe. And to me, it's just real original. Again, it's retro, but it's finding something new in it. And when, when I hear so many bands that just sound the same, you know, especially it's like, man, it's like to me, metal just can't get rid of this new metal hangover. You know, like nothing really new has come along to change the sound. It's just like different bastardized versions of that shit, you know, corn and disturbed and, you know, nickelback and shit like that. You know, it's just like this is something fresh. And it reminds me like when I heard Queens of the Stone Age, that was the biggest thing is like it was just so fresh and so new. And, you know, you could tell these are people who could play their instruments and put a lot of thought into it. It wasn't thrown together by a record producer, you know, or like, hey, we're trying to sound like this band. These are people that have a, you know, a vision. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age, that's very rare. But, uh, you know, if you like this shit, and, and I'll tell the listeners straight ahead, this might not be something you get on the first listen. No. Because I, I know at first I was a little, hey, what's going on here? But, man, repeated listens, you know, I would, I would go on YouTube and look at their videos. I was like, wow. And then, you know, to actually pick up the albums and listen to them with headphones and mm-hmm. They're just an amazing band who, unfortunately, I haven't been able to see live yet. But uh, I hope to soon. My friends in Chicago, they always play Chicago, 
but nobody comes to New Orleans. Yeah, I always yeah. kind of view them as like a. It's like it's like basically like an audio horror movie when you listen to them. Yeah, it's just it's just so creepy sounding, but it's got a really cool groove to it. Almost kind of. Yeah. I could, I, I could, and this is a compliment. I could almost see this stuff being used in a Tarantino film. You know? Yeah, totally. It's kind of got like a grind, like a grindhouse type type vibe to the song. Like like, like meets Russ Meyer. <laughs> yeah, really. You know?
last album was like one of my top albums of the year. Oh, yeah. oh, the Creeper. Oh yeah. my God, amazing, yeah. amazing album. And I think they have three out, right? Uh, four. Is it four? Okay. Yeah, they, they, their first album, Volume One, which I think is amazing, but uh, it's it's very hard to find. Uh, because they, I think they put it out independently. You can get it online, but uh, you're going to pay for it. I was, you know, I, I have a downloaded copy. I don't have a physical copy. I was going to, but uh, you know me. I spend all my money on Yes albums on the on your uh, Amazon. <laughs> so, it was you. Yes, we do know you. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm an owner of a Lonely Heart and 37 Yes CDs. <laughs> Wow. Nice. We appreciate your business. Yeah. Hi, um, Ian. By the way, all of these songs, the link, Amazon links to all of them will be in the show notes for this episode. Of course. Okay, so we're down to two more or one more? No, the last one. We're down to the last one. Okay, Man, well, you've been doing awesome yeah. today, Ian. You know, we, the idea with this show was the uh, six songs that somebody thinks you should hear would be an obvious thing to get insight into somebody that we admire, somebody we think is cool, and, you know, get a little insight into the music that they love, you know, and to give them an opportunity to share that. And, you know, this has been the perfect experience in that because you've turned us on to so much cool stuff today. Some stuff I knew I loved, some stuff by bands that I knew I liked but maybe didn't like those songs but got to go back and reappreciate it again. And stuff that just every who could not love. You're doing a great job, man. We really appreciate you coming on with us today. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. It's it's an honor to be on the show, and you, you know my actual voice to be on the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, you you guys are are not only good friends to me. You know, off off the mic, but uh, you know you're an inspiration when I listen to you every week. And I I tried to pick something. I, I mean, I I know what you guys talk about, and I, I love all that stuff. I just I wanted to bring like a little bit of a different vibe, and because my biggest thing, you know, sometimes on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, we talk about albums everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But the best is when we talk about stuff that, you know, maybe only a few people know or some people forgot about, man. And when you get those messages like, man, you turned me on to this or I forgot all about this, you, you know how that shit goes. When you yeah, hear that stuff, do. it makes you feel great. Yeah, it does. You know, to, to turn people on to, to music, I think, is, is the greatest thing. You know, I said earlier, you know, music is the greatest drug. And all of us, this is our life, or we wouldn't be doing this. So, you know, all of us work day jobs. Yeah. None of us are getting rich. We do this because we have a passion for it. We love sharing it with other people. And, uh, man, you know, I wanted to throw something, you know, new or different out there. But for my last one, I, I'm staying right in the Decibel Geek wheelhouse. Nice. And this is something I love, too. And I know Aaron Camaro's talked about this album. And my last pick is from the 1989 classic by Faster Pussycat. And that album, Wake Me When It's Over, the yes. song is Slip of the Tongue. Yeah, man. Oh, I love God. it. This, to me, is a, a, a perfect cock rock record. And when I say cock rock... You know, uh, some people get offended. Some people are like, oh, you can't, you can call this band cock rock, but you can't call that band cock rock. What, what I call cock rock is separate than hair metal. To me, cock rock is hard rock. That it's it's basically sex songs. You know right. what I mean? Like like you know, Dio's talking about dragons. Iron Maiden's giving you a history lesson. Sabbath's talking about the devil. This is hard rock that's just talking about getting laid, and I love that shit. And faster pussycat. 
a lot of people see him as like, oh, you know, a B-list band. Well, this is an A-list album of that era, in my opinion. Yes, I don't it think is. There's, I don't think there's one clunker on this. Nope. It's all killer. Yeah. No filler. Uh, I saw him on this tour. Uh, I saw him uh, open up for Kiss. Oh, my God. And I had this Faster Pussycat shirt I was so proud of. Had, like, neon green, the Faster Pussycat logo on the front. And on the back, it said, wake the fuck up, dickhead. And it, <laughs> nice. and it glue in the dark. And I used to love wearing that to a movie theater. That's just, awesome. You know, walk down the aisle right during the previews. Yeah, yeah. Get fuck lot, you, fast pussycat rules. Lots of <laughs> thumbs up from the parents in the audience, I'm sure. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was watching Police Academy 4, you know. Oh, they're great, but, you know. <laughs> they weren't smart people. But uh, That's cool, though. That uh, is awesome. You know, I, I love this band. I, you know, I first heard them on Headbangers Ball, of course. I Me heard too. Bathroom Wall, loved it. Uh, Don't Change That Song. And I loved those, but at the time, for whatever reason, I didn't buy the album. But I, uh, but I like the songs. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'll never forget the first night I saw the video for Poison Ivy. Me too. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And I, I remember I went and bought three CDs off of this one Headbangers Ball. Uh, and the Headbangers Ball, I saw uh, Poison Ivy, uh, Dangerous Toys, yeah. and uh, uh, Enough's Enough. Fuck. And I went out and bought all three of those. Those were good times, man. Oh, man, was was that a great time? I can almost picture the episode because I remember all those videos. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and those three albums, I still listen to this day. And, you know, you know, of course, you know, on my show, you know, we talk about some heavier stuff. You know, Ralph always gives me shit. <laughs> I don't give – I stand – if I like it, I don't care what anybody thinks I stand by it. I think Faster Pussycats, uh, Wake Me Once Over – a solid record yep. that I'll put up with any of the greats from that era by yep. bands that are considered better. Uh, you know, I can't think of a Motley Crue album that's that solid other than Shout in 94 that's yeah. as solid as fucking That Fast and Pussycat album. Yeah, you're 100% right, man. That's an amazing album, 100% through and through, one of my favorites of all time. I'll never forget the day it came out, going to the mall, waiting for the gate to open, running into the F section, pulling out the Faster Pussycat CD, and rushing back to the host to listen to it. That was one, too, man. That That's right... That's right in my heart zone right mm-hmm. there. That mean that album's always meant a lot to me. So underrated, but so damn good. Absolutely. Oh, and the reason I picked Slip of the Tongue is, you know, you know, people know uh Poison Ivy and of course they know House of Pain. Yeah. Right. Uh those are given, but I just wanted to pick Slip of the Tongue as another example of, of an a deep album track on this record that totally could have been a single. Absolutely. That is just oh, as catchy as anything else. And there's also varied styles on. I mean, there's like Arizona uh, Indian doll. doll, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, amazing, and that's way different. Yeah, totally is. You know, you know uh, and here's a band, and even my wife, you know, and my wife, you know, yeah, she's familiar with rock and metal from her parents, you know, and stuff like that. And she is a huge Faster Pussycat fan, and has no emotional connection to them at all from back in the in the day. Only knows from what she's heard me listen to, and then dragging her to a show, and is just the one of the world's biggest Faster Pussycat fans just based on that alone, and that should speak for it. You know, somebody that doesn't know anything about him, has no emotional attachment to it, didn't grow up with it, didn't come up with it, but just loves it anyway for what it is. Yeah, and, and they're a great live band. You know, I, I yeah, saw them, you know, the, the classic era, I saw them a few years ago. You know, now it's kind of like, 
Marilyn Manson meets Faster Pussycat, at least look-wise. But uh, I still liked uh, The Power and the Glory Hole. I thought there was a lot of good songs on that album. Yeah, that one's underrated, too. I mean, yeah. I remember even that one. See, this this shows what a big Faster Pussycat fan I am. When that came out, I had a special order. It came to me from somewhere in Michigan. You know, but it was like that first week it was available. I had to find a way. Where do I order it? How do I get it? Where is it at? And I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw him. I met him, went on their bus and everything. And <laughs> I think I pissed Tammy down off a little bit. Uh, and I, I didn't understand it at first, but I'm all excited. I'm like, fuck, I'm on, uh, you know, I'm on Faster Pussycats tour bus. You know, and uh, I was like, oh, man, I saw you guys, you know, open up. You you and Slaughter open up for Kiss on, on the Hot in the Shade tour and Tinley Park, Illinois, and uh, and 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 man, you go, guys are awesome. And he just seemed kind of down. And I asked my buddy later, I was like, "What do you? Th- what was his problem?" He goes, "Well, probably because you reminded me you used to open up for Kiss, and you just saw him at a country bar, you know, in Podunk, Florida." <laughs> right. Oh yeah, that might have been a wake up call. Oh, but man. you know what? It doesn't matter because they played uh, with just as much fire as they did back in the day. Yeah. And and I hung out with all the new guys, and and, and they were cool. We sat and drank after the show. It was, I believe, it was them and Bang Tango, and uh, it was a great show, man. I mean, they they gave it their all, and the people who were there were more than happy to hear it. That's awesome. Very I, cool. I'll never forget this. It's so funny. My buddy that went with me, he's trying to pick up this waitress all night, way out of his league. This this is like a coyote ugly hot chick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's hitting on her. He thinks he's getting somewhere with her, and then Bang Tango comes off stage and. Uh, Joe LaSteel goes up to the bar and the girl's all over him and totally stops talking to my friend. And he taps her on the shoulder while she's talking to him. He goes, hey, hey, I had a video in the 80s too, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I about pissed myself. That's funny. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Good times. it's been great having you on for this. And Yeah, uh, man. Thank you for turning us on to so many great songs here today. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's truly an honor. Uh, you know, we're not only friends, but I'm also a big fan of yours, and this means a lot. Oh man, appreciate it. As well, as are we of you, man. Same as you. And for the for the few people that haven't heard of your show, go ahead and plug your show real fast. Uh, my show is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You can get us on Podbean. We're on iTunes, uh, podcasts, all the places you find podcasts. You can find us right at the bottom. Uh, it, me and my co-host Ralph Vieira, we do album reviews. For the most part, uh, you know, we do, we do rock and metal news. And there's also, uh, I believe we've got like four Chris Sinzak episodes where he's a guest co-host. And the great Aaron Camaro, finally graced with his presence. We have him yeah, on a you guys episode. owe me a couple. Yo, oh, yeah. Hey, man, anytime you feel like slumming, you're always welcome, man. You did, you did a hell of a job. Yeah. Um, and we put new episodes up every Sunday. Uh, also, I have a radio show on thatmetalstation.com uh, called The Wadzilla Rock Show. I'm on Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can either go on thatmetalstation.com and listen, or you could use uh, the free TuneIn Radio app. But if you use the TuneIn Radio app, you have to search Devil Music Radio. And uh, you can hear my show, and and pretty much it's all classic hard rock and heavy metal. It's you know it, it's all the the shit from the '80s. But you know I, you know I throw in some Slayer and some Metallica. I try to mix it up. I do requests, uh, and it's it's been going on for a couple months now. It's getting very big. I just did uh, taking a cue from you guys. I did a year in review. I did a uh, 1983, 
and, and it went over real well. And uh, I'm not quite sure when this is airing, but anyway, this weekend I'm having uh, Cock Rock Palooza. That's, oh, nice. It, it's three hours all hair metal and cock rock from the 80s and early 90s. So that needs to be a tour right there. Yeah. Cockapalooza. I love yeah. it. I know. I, I got to trademark that shit. Yeah, no kidding. Awesome. Before Dana Strum does, that son of a bitch. <laughs> In between real estate and porn deals. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, so this was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, doing this. And uh, we'll, we're going to get out of here on Faster Pussycat Slip of the Tongue. Goodbye. Thank you all.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 